0: Welcome to The Veteran Doctor. This podcast is for anyone interested to improving their knowledge on veteran-centric topics. Veterans have dedicated their lives to serving our country, so now it's our turn to serve them as they transition back into their civilian lives. We have discovered that there is a lack of knowledge on the availability of resources and how to properly navigate the systems available to veterans when they transition out of the military service. This podcast's purpose is to help bridge this gap of knowledge and guide veterans to resources that they so deserve. The Veteran Doctor is hosted by Dr. John Heinzelman, who has a master's degree in sports and performance psychology and a doctorate in psychology where he specializes in research. He is also a retired Army Airborne Infantry Veteran with 22 years of service. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Veteran Doctor. morning, veterans, family, and friends. Welcome back to the eighth episode of The Veteran Doctor. On this week's podcast, we will be discussing coping. How do you cope? We will also continue our fun facts with UBI, useless bits of information, and veteran news. So stick around for some great stuff. As veterans, we all have some kind of traumatic event that we have had to deal with in our lives. How we deal or cope with this trauma is the key to our success or failure in our daily routines. There are many different ways to cope with these traumas. I wanna share many different people's approaches of coping with trauma and give different perspectives and techniques on how these different ways mitigate stress in their lives. The first thing is maintain a healthy lifestyle and exercise. All veterans who have had high stress jobs can benefit from the basic stress reduction techniques to help reduce stress. There are basic daily things that you can be done to help mitigate the effects of stress. Exercise regularly. Cardio and strength training reduces stress levels and keeps you mission ready. Get good sleep, poor sleep, and not enough sleep has a significant negative impact on well-being. Eat healthy. A good diet helps keep your body and mind in shape. Participate in relaxing activities. Breathing-based meditation and yoga, for example, can improve symptoms and reduce anxiety. Stay connected. The support of family and friends improves psychological health when facing stress. Get outside. Do not become a hermit and stay inside. Socialize. Communication is the key to anything, relationships, problems, work, friendships, and stress. Talk to others when stress becomes too high. The more you talk about your stress with people you trust, the more you get off your chest and find solutions to resolve your issue. You will also find that other people are experiencing similar problems in the world and you are not alone. If you feel that you have no one to talk to, there is always the VA Crisis Hotline which is strictly anonymous at 1-800-273-8255. This is a great resource to talk to people about anything in the time of need. Get a hobby. Hobbies have the potential of bringing pleasure into our lives. Hobbies provide us with an outlet from daily stressors that keep us from getting burned out at our jobs. There are also other numerous health benefits from lowering blood pressure to better physical function, higher positive psychological states, and less memory loss. Further, Hobbies may improve our work performance if they improve our decision-making skills, creativity, and confidence. Take up a hobby to relax and keep our brains focused provides additional skill sets to enhance future performance. Many hobbies can include reading, gardening, shooting, models, woodworking, cars, motorcycles, fishing, photography, etc. Hobbies also have a social aspect to them by sharing your interests with others with shared pursuits these social interactions can provide a degree of social support that we may need play video games in recent wars research has shown that the younger generation has used video games as a self-directed coping strategy to manage their physical and psychological stressors this research found that gamers used video games to cope with challenges associated with their military service their coping mechanisms included escapism managing self-diagnosed physical and or psychological ailments, seeking social support, mainly multiplayer online games, and connecting with civilian life. Those who used video games to cope tended to have served longer, and they reported high escape fantasy and skill development motivations for gameplay. While their favorite games genres were fantasy, military-themed games were a close second. Many of the favorite games involved the military through storylines, gameplay mechanics, and avatar tendencies. While video games were described as vehicles for escape and stress relief, avatars appear to be specific through uncommon vehicles for coping related to military identity. Avatars helped gamers negotiate their legitimacy and efficacy, notably after they returned to civilian life. Improve your education. Going to school, no matter what the age, gives you the ability to further your education and stimulate your brain cells in your head. It also allows you to educate yourself on anything you do not understand about your injuries and stress. I find that furthering my education has allowed me to control the effects of my PTSD and TBI by understanding my injuries and applying the concepts I have learned to the symptoms I am experiencing. Sort of self-treating myself. Many of my friends who are psychologists have asked me to help them with some of their clients who are veterans because they do not trust their, their doctors. They did not trust these psychologists because the veterans do not feel their psychologists did not understand what the veterans have gone through since they did not serve in the military. That is why I was brought in to the picture because I have. My education, combat experience, injuries, and education all make up it easy for me to relate to the patient. This is why knowledge is essential for everyone to have when it comes to keeping the brain engaged. The old saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks is not valid, you can. All of these things we just discussed are only suggestions. There are many other healthy things out there that can be done for both mental and physical stimulation. You may have already engaged in these activities, good for you. If you are are not, then start today. Start slowly and progressively increase so you do not overexert yourself. These activities are meant to be fun and relaxing. It doesn't hurt to try, so give it a shot. What do you got to lose?
1: Trying to impress me, pulling out all the stops Making my dizzy when you tell me what you want I just wanted you to see me Never thought you noticed. Thought that you should know, I'm already sold. Never let me go. You had me at a la 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 la. Again. I just wanted you to see me Thought that you should know I'm already sold So never let me go You're ready,
0: UBI. UBI stands for Useless Bits of Information, or depending on your perspective, Useful Bits of Information. And this week we have the 30 Crazy Facts About the U.S. Army. The Army is one of the oldest and longest lasting institutions in America. It's been around for 243 years, and with the United States spending more on the military than the next eight highest spending countries combined, It's not going anywhere anytime soon. In fact, thanks to its rich rich history, there is a wealth of trivia about the U.S. Army that you might not know. If you're curious to learn more, we've rounded up 30 crazy facts about the U.S. Army, each more unbelievable than the last. So, number one, the Army is older than the country itself. The measure to create a unified Continental Army to be led by George Washington was passed by the Second Continental Congress on June 14, 1775. So technically, the United States has had an army for a year longer than it's been a country. Number two, the Army pioneered modern guerrilla warfare. General Francis Fox Marion pioneered modern guerrilla warfare during the Revolutionary War. He traveled along swamp paths and led his men into surprise attacks against unsuspecting British troops. Then they would withdraw just as unexpectedly as they popped up. George Washington chose the Army's dress colors. George Washington chose the Army's dress colors in 1779. Though the Army has tried many color schemes over the years, in 2010 they went back to Washington's picks. Number 4 There have only been five five five-star generals in the Army. The rank of five-star general didn't exist until 1944, and it was only given to five men, including former President Dwight D. Eisenhower. The ranks were retired in 1981, Then the last surviving five-star general was Omar Bradley. He died. Number five, the Army tested chemical agents on the United States. In the 1950s and 1960s, the military used... Motorized blowers to blow zinc cadmium sulfide into the air over large swaths of the United States as part of the Operation LAC large area coverage. The San Francisco Bay Area, St. Louis, and parts of Minnesota and the coast of South Carolina and Georgia were all sprayed with a substance. Zinc, cadmium sulfide was used because it's a fluorescent and the military was researching potential dispersion of chemical and biological weapons. The Air Force was part of the Army until 1946. The Air Force was called the Army Air Corps. The National Security Act of 1947 turned it into its own separate branch of these armed forces. Number eight, a third of the Union Army soldiers were immigrants. The Union would have had a tough time during the Civil War if it weren't for immigrants who made up a third of the army and African-Americans who were one-tenth of the soldiers. In fact, in a quarter of the regiments, the majority were made up of foreigners. Number nine. The first submarine was used by the army in the Revolutionary War. The first documented submersible vehicle used in combat was the turtle, which was operated by hand controls and foot pedals. The turtle was used in a failed attempt to sink a British ship that was moored off Governor Island in the New York City. Number 10. The Ranger slogan was created during the Normandy invasion. Rangers Lead the Way was adopted by the Army Rangers slogan during their exchange on Omaha Beach during the Normandy invasion. General Norma Coca said to Major Max Schneider, if you're Rangers lead the way. Number 11, Coca-Cola had engineers in the Army in World War II. Coca-Cola President Robert Woodruff said that any servicemen in World War II should be able to get a bottle of Coke for a nickel anywhere in the world, so Coca-Cola created the Technical Observer Program to make it happen. There were 148 technical observers who supervised the shipment and operation of 64 bottling plants. Technical observers had an Army officer's rank and pay as well as uniforms with a special patch to identify them. They distributed more than 5 billion bottles of Coke to soldiers. Number 12, the Army employs over 1 million personnel. Currently, the Army employs 476,000 regular Army, 343,000 Army National Guard, and 199,000 Army Reserve. For a total of 1,018,000 uniformed personnel in addition to 330,000 civilian personnel. Number 13, the Army is responsible for Ray-Bans. U.S. Army Air Corps Lieutenant General John McCready asked Bosch and Lam to make glasses for their pilots that would block the rays of sun and reduce their nausea and headaches, and thus the company Ray-Ban was formed. Number 14, the Swastika was a sleeve insignia until World War II. The 45th Infantry used the swastika as their sleeve insignia to honor their numerous Native American members for whom it was a symbol of good luck. After the symbol was adopted by the Nazis, the infantry abandoned the symbol and settled for using the Thunderbird as their insignia thereafter. Number 15, the army dumped 64 million pounds of nerve and mustard agent into the ocean. In addition to the nerve and mustard agents, 400,000 chemical bombs, rockets, and landmines were also dumped at at least 26 different spots off the coast. The dumping took place in post World War II and carried on until 1970. The Army isn't entirely sure where all the weapons were discarded. Number 16 Psyops taunted enemies by calling them Lady Men. PSYOPs would lure enemies in Afghanistan into fights they couldn't win by calling them Cowardly Dogs and Lady Men. Number 17. The Army Uses Depleted Uranium Bullets. Depleted uranium ammunition can pierce armored vehicles. The energy released upon impact creates heat that causes the bullets to ignite. So when the round makes it inside the armored vehicle, it it can also ignite any ammunition from inside the vehicle, along with fuel which kills the crew and then even causes the vehicle to explode. Number 18, the father of the military was gay. The original army had a ragtag crew of people in need of some serious training. A Prussian officer called Baron Friedrich von Steuben was brought to be the army's inspector general and taught soldiers drill drilling tactics and discipline. At the time he was hired, he was fleeing France, where France clergy were demanding he receive punishment for being homosexual. Number 19, an entire island of people lost their homes for a military base. Every inhabitant on the island of Diego Garcia, over 1,000 in total, were kicked out by the British government to make room for a US military base to be constructed. The inhabitants were relocated to Meridius, mostly in slum neighborhoods. Meridius only accepts the islanders after payment of 650,000 pounds. Number 20. There are currently over 500 dogs in the army. Military working dogs are trained in various methods of attack detection and patrol. The dogs can be specialized in narcotics and explosive detection. Dogs must undergo 16 hours of training every month in addition to quarterly evaluations. 21. The Army owns 24,000 square miles of land. If all the land of the Army owns were one state, it would be the 42nd largest state in the Union. 22. There are military bases in at least 74 countries the total number of military bases around the world is around 800 which is probably more than any country or empire has had in all of history 23 the draft was created during world war one to increase the army size the selective service wasn't always around it was created by the selective service act in 1917 to increase the size of the army for world war one during the civil war there was a draft but a person drafted would hire a substitute to fight in their place, and the Selective Service Act got rid of that provision. Before the law was passed, the Army only had 121,000 members. By the end of the war, 2.7 million men were drafted. 24, 16 presidents served in the Army. In total, 31 presidents served in the United States Armed Forces and 16 of those, including Theodore Roosevelt, served in the Army specifically of those 31 24 presents served during wartime number 25 the army was the last branch to adopt an official song the army's always there by sam Stepp was nearly the army's official song but it sounded too much like i got a lovely bunch of coconuts so it didn't make the cut finally 181 years after its founding the army settled for the army goes rolling along a song set to a melody of an artillery tune and its official song in 1956, making the last branch in the armed forces to adopt a song. 26. It takes hundreds of pounds of batteries to power a short mission. For an infantry platoon of 30 men to carry out a three-day mission, they have to carry 400 pounds of batteries to supply power of all of its equipment. Number 27, the Army mapped out much of America. When the Army wasn't fighting its wars, they were out mapping the country. In fact, the Army officers and non-commissioned officers made up the Lewis and Clark expedition that helped map out the uncharted territory of the American West. Number 28, Washington wasn't eager to command the Army. George Washington wasn't sure that he was fit for the task of commanding the Army, expressed reluctance at the suggestion that he should not lead and thought that he might not have adequate experience or skills to do the job number 29 the army fired 1400 artillery rounds in los angeles the great los angeles air raid of 1942 had the military firing 1400 anti-air artillery and countless 50 cal rounds at an enemy aircraft however it turned out that the enemy aircraft everyone had been firing at was a lost weather balloon. No doubt, itchy trigger fingers created by the attack on Pearl Harbor helped fuel the overreaction. Number 30. An enormous walking robot was created by the Army in 1968. The Army invented an enormous robot called the Walking Truck to help infantry carry equipment over rough terrain. The robot was also called CAM, Cybernetic artho morpheus machine which was controlled by hand and foot movements that were coupled to hydraulic valves cam weighed 3,000 pounds and was exhausted exhausting to use with operators only being able to, to control it for limited amounts of time And that does it for our UBI, and we'll move on to our veteran news. Our veteran news this week is that Biden inaugurated the Commander-in-Chief amidst the heavy military presence at the Capitol. Reported by Leo Shane III and Joe Gould, President Joe Biden delivers his inaugural address on the west front of the U.S. Capitol on January 20th, 2021 in Washington. With thousands of armed National Guard troops patrolling nearby, former Vice President Joe Biden was sworn in as the 46th Commander-in-Chief on Wednesday in the Capitol Hill ceremony, stripped of most of its pageantry by security concerns and the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. In his first speech as president, Biden vowed to unify the country and combat internal threats that have imperiled his own presidency earlier in the month. Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris took their oaths of office on the Capitol's West Front, the same spot where two weeks ago, pro-Trump rioters stormed the building in their effort to stop the certification of last November's presidential election results. Five people were killed in in the violence, including uh, Capitol Hill Police Officer Brian Sicknick, a New Jersey Air National Guard veteran. Biden, the father of a National Guard soldier, Bo, who deployed to Iraq with the Delaware National Guard in 2008 before dying to brain cancer in 2015, did not acknowledge the presence of the military in his speech, but he did uh, say that he called an end to the uncivil war that has divided Americans along political lines today. He also called on Americans to step up in the midst of multiple national crises and said it would require boldness to overcome. So this concludes our uh, veteran news and we will move on to our shout outs. This section is reserved for recognizing new members of our podcasts and partners or sponsors that who support us in everything we do. We would would not be able to continue our podcast without everyone's support, so I'd like to thank you. New members are Vicki Lavish and Brian Davis. So thank you. And there are no partners or sponsors at this time. So we'd like to still thank you for everything everyone does for us and thank you for your support. Do you want to be part of something bigger? Do you want to help veterans? Have you thought about helping the veteran doctor? As you may already know, the focus of The Veteran Doctor is to improve your knowledge on Veteran-centric topics. The research and information dissemination process can be daunting with the maintenance of literature, books, websites, blogs, podcast episodes, and other administrative necessities. This ultimately takes time, resources, and marketing to reach and support Veterans, as well as their very diverse needs. We are so excited about the process of podcasting and the potential impact it can have on the Veteran population. To keep going and improve this podcast we would tremendously be grateful to anyone who can support us in our expansion and growth we are looking to enhance this podcast quality and would find it more manageable with a bit of support so if you think you're receiving a few dollars a month worth of entertainment we would greatly appreciate you investing in the veteran doctor we offer different rewards for different pledge obligations so please see what may fit your budget Once again, we appreciate your support and from all the veterans out there who benefit from this podcast, I'm sure they appreciate your support too. Every program must establish a goal and milestones to determine what is going to be done with the funding. The first goal we're going to reach is a monthly pledge of $500 collectively. The milestones are number one, help pay for ongoing production costs, hosting fees for websites, blogs, and podcasts. Number two, help purchase rewards for patron supporters. Number three, Offset marketing costs for websites, blogs, and podcasts. And number four, help buy new equipment and technology to improve podcast sound and quality. There are different rewards for each monthly donation amount. The donation amounts range from $1 to $50 a month. The rewards include one or more of the following items listed depending on the level of monthly donation. Some examples of the rewards may consist of number one, a thank you on the show or website. Number two, a thank you email. Number three, early access to new episodes number four show swag t-shirts bumper stickers lapel pins and a pen number five a patron can read a short message on the show number six call in as a special guest and number seven a patron can determine a show topic so if you think you're receiving a few dollars worth of uh entertainment come on down and support the veteran doctor As veterans, we have a lot of questions when it comes to transitioning out of the military. Or are you already out of the military and having trouble reintegrating? Are you having issues finding veteran resources? Or do you just want to learn more about veterans? Well, the Veterans Resource and Transition Guide may just be the solution for your issues. This book is available on Amazon.com and is in both ebook or paperback. It is a book written to help veterans with research, knowledge, and resources with their transition back into civilian life and beyond. Our society's current problem demonstrates that many veterans, as they transition out of the military, do not have the knowledge, training, or resources to reintegrate back into society properly. They do not know where to go, what to do, and do not even have a sufficient plan to survive. The purpose of this guide is to provide a one-stop and quick reference source of research, knowledge, and resources for veterans to easily reference to give veterans a better understanding of the dynamics of veteran issues, educate veterans on the process of transitioning out of the military, what to do once they get out, develop a plan, and provide resources to help make life a little easier during and after that transitional experience. Additional information has been added for our survivors' benefits for surviving winnows and a military 101 class to help educate the civilian workforce on military culture and lifestyle. The guide's additional intent is to make it a living document by taking input from readers and providers on information and resources, providing an annual update to veterans on the ever-changing and developing process of transitioning and resources. This guide will provide resources of knowledge to veterans, helping guide them through their transitional journey. So grab yourself a copy today and get those resources you so deserve. Do you want to learn more about me maybe you uh, want to learn more about my new book or future books what about our new veteran blog do you want to learn more about the veteran doctor well my website may be your solution my author website is up and is available for viewing at www.johneheinzelman.com that's j-o-h-n-e-h-e-i-n-t-z-e-l-m-a-n.com This site will provide you with the latest and greatest information on me, my latest literary works, future works, my veteran blog, and this podcast, Veteran Doctor. A unique feature available on the website is the veteran blog. The veteran blog provides veterans with the latest up-to-date information on veteran-specific topics that affect everyday life, whether challenging or life-enhancing. The purpose of this site is to keep veterans informed and help improve knowledge quicker and on-demand. Subscriptions are available in monthly, weekly, and unlimited access depending on the veteran's informational requirements. The future of this site will include special features, video, classes, depending on the subscriber access level. Please check it out and try our seven day free trial. So as this week's episode comes to a close, we hope you enjoyed the information you gained on The Veteran Doctor. Remember, we welcome feedback on this podcast to help improve our quality and content. Or if you have any new ideas, please send them to info at johneheintzelman.com. That's J-O-H-N-E-H-E-I-N-T-Z-E-L-M-A-N.com. I hope you come back and visit us on our next episode. So until next time, take care. Be safe and enjoy your week. Have a good one.